0: Uh, A warm, loving welcome from my heart to your heart. And thank you so much for recognizing through your intuition, there is something here for you. Might be a remembrance, might be a reminder, might be an invitation, might be an inspiration, might be all of that. My, My intention is to bring a mix in this transmission Uh, Weaving my own personal story of a direct experience with the goddess and weaving some of the discoveries that we have received through modern archaeological discoveries, the goddess tradition, and of course, some of her expressions. The goddess has 10,000 names, right? So in an hour that I have with you, I was guided to bring five. I will definitely name and invoke them. And we go into one or two on a deeper level through the storytelling and myth and the transmission. And then at the end, I'll share with you some of the practical ways that I work with the sacred feminine and how it truly impacted every area of my life, including my business. So I know there's uh, a lot of people who who follow um, what I share or connect with what I share. They run their own businesses, and a lot of them are female entrepreneurs like me, or male entrepreneurs who are opening up to the power of their intuition. So I wanted to tie this transmission to the practical ways that you can bring elevation into all areas of your life, including your physical domain, right? Because goddess is everywhere. She is in invisible, she is invisible, spiritual, metaphysical, physical, she is everywhere. We are literally weaved through her body and from her body. So I'll share with you um, how you can bring more of the feminine values into your visions into your creativity into your work and how it will greatly benefit you especially in the times of great change so let me know does the sound coming through good for you let me know darlings just last check about the sound and then we it's good right hi theodore so good to see you welcome dear ones welcome So I just came back from Peru, darlings. Um, I lead these beautiful, transformative, deeply transformative retreats. They are sort of like spiritual pilgrimages. And I just came back from Peru a few weeks ago, and I was so deeply moved by the relationship that local people have with Pachamama. And here in the West, we get translation for Pachamama as Mother Earth. But you know, when I sat down and listened to a local medicine woman sharing the ancestral knowledge, what it truly means, what they truly mean when they say Pachamama, they refer to time and space. So they cultivate very direct and intimate ritual-based relationship with time and space. And, you know, if you ever go to Peru, or maybe you've been there, I wonder if you can resonate with what I'm going to share. Peruvians and Indian peoples are peaceful people. I rarely met an anxious Peruvian. You know, they're embodied, they're on this planet, right? They cultivate the land, they grow their food, and there are certain uh, sense of nobility and dignity in their presence, And when I go to different countries where the feminine is not revered, such as Middle East, you know, specifically when I was in Egypt, it was incredibly challenging for me to witness the desperation of people who live in huge survival, and there is no reverence for the feminine. So, you know, reading the collective that you go to a country where the feminine is revered, where the goddess is honored. You see a direct relationship of the people and the goddess, right? So before I go any further, I'd like to introduce myself in a few words. So uh, those of you who are familiar with me, um, maybe we'll hear a, a new layer of my, of my uh, background. And those who are new here, I'd like to take a moment to introduce myself. I was born in agnostic family. Zero spirituality, forget about goddess teachings, just zero spirituality, right? My mom was a working class woman, always working two, three jobs, just trying to feed uh, me and my older sister. So we did not hear anything uh, mystical or spiritual, but I had this connection to the world of spirit from as early as I remember. So searching for answers on big questions of life, like who has made me? What's the purpose of my life? What's the meaning of life, right? At the age of 12, when I was in Russia, I read Dostoevsky and uh, <laughs> Crime and Punishment. You can only imagine that this is the teaching of transcendentalism. And it's a, it can be a very depressing philosophy because it does not give you any Any hope for the future, right? So I had my first existential crisis at the age of twelve, and my search for divinity was so strong that I was looking for anything in my environment that can give me some answers. At that time, Soviet Union collapsed and finally opened up its iron walls, and all the Christian missionaries flooded to Russia. And a new church got opened when I saw the posters talking about Jesus, and I was like, oh my gosh, here it is. (laughs) So I went and I joined Christian church, and I was there for 10 years, right? truly authentically following the path of Christianity. Uh, carrying my Bible everywhere. And not only that, I finished Bible college. I have my very first degree is in theology. I studied world religions. And um, I even uh, have a history of being a Christian missionary for a few years. (laughs) Can you imagine that kind of background? So I always had this thirst for God from early, early age. And, the old, and, and what I had access to was, of course, the Christian version of deity, which is a male version, right, that has a trinity, God, son, and the Holy Spirit. What happened to the feminine? The feminine never mentioned anywhere, right? And, it, and uh, you are only being taught one side of the story, So it was only a matter of time where my consciousness was going through expansion and the traditional religious doctrines began making sense less and less to me, right? Uh, It was only a matter of time where I left the church and tried to be agnostic for a couple of years, right? (laughs) Tried to be without spirit. That was not sustainable either because, you know, to be without spirit is like a plant to be without water. We're spiritual beings. We are being invited to connect to our soul and to spirit in our own unique way. So I found my way back to spirit through the path of Buddhism and the Buddhism felt really safe for me because it didn't tell me that they are the only path to liberation of the soul they said hey we teach these disciplines we teach these practices you resonate take it you don't resonate we're not going to be offended and we're not going to cast you out of our organization right so i felt really good there in the buddhism for a couple of years and um then i moved um then i was um you know, I had my my very first major heartbreak that took me down, deep, deep into the void, and took me by surprise because you know, I felt like I was born optimist and no a matter of challenges in my life. I was always able to shift my mind and to move through them, see the silver lining. But that heartbreak took me down. And for the next two years, I uh, couldn't come out of deep melancholy and the deepest depression of my life. And I already had tools, Tony Robbins teaching, you know, self-hypnosis. I already had tools, but nothing could fix my bleeding heart. And for the very first time in my life, I felt deep understanding of those who go through depression and who can't come out through the power of their will. Right, so depression. Uh, at that time, I did not know that depression was the dark night of the soul, and I was about to meet the most important being in my in my life and my entire reality, and it's the goddess. And the first time I have met the goddess, my dear ones, is through um, altered state of consciousness, drinking. One of the strongest psychedelic medicines on the planet called ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is an Amazonian brew that is made of two different plants. It's 30,000 years of, of, of tradition that has been passed on through a ceremonial settings. And I start drinking ayahuasca to heal my heart. And um, I've been working with that medicine for the last 15 years. So hundreds of ceremonies. Where I would dive into my soul, seeking healing, seeking an understanding of the quantum field of how this world works. What's the purpose of our life? Why are we? Uh, why are we keep returning that here? And what I can share with you, I kept finding this same being. I kept finding the same being. It was distinctly female being. Yes, I was in communication with ascended masters and my spirit guides. Some of them were male, some of them were female, some were androgynous. But every time I drank the medicine, I kept finding the same female spirit. And she kept sharing me her range, right? Sometimes she would appear to me as a a divine mother, cradling me in her arms. And other times she would show me her... Kali, goddess Kali nature, you know where you you have no other chance but to bow down in humility in front of that expression. So she kept showing me this big big range of her. And then uh, fast forward a few years later, I have experienced uh, my first goddess, goddess experience in the in one of her expressions, as a Sekhmet. That was before I went to Egypt. I found um, Sekhmet Mantra. Sekhmet, if you are not familiar, she often is shown as a lion goddess, right? She is a representation of the most powerful healer. She's also known for her rage, sacred rage, right? You don't wanna mess with Sekhmet. You don't wanna be on her bad side. (laughs) She's a very powerful warrior goddess. So, I was really connected to her and I started chanting her mantra and doing visualizations, um, astral traveling in her, into her ancient temples and seeing myself as an initiate of light coming towards her and asking for an experience with her. Well, the very next day, I received the vision. She came to me in the pillar of fire in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, this, this really powerful vision and start speaking to me telepathically that's saying, if you want to have a relationship with me, you get to learn to embody my qualities. And this is the first point I'd like to share for all of us. That the relationship with the goddess is not an intellectual experience. It is all about embodying her qualities. She's not a genie in a bottle that we call in when we need some help or we need more money. This is time and space that we are invoking and learning to be in resonance with, right? So that's what Sekhmet told me. And it was, it shook me to the core because I got to be in the presence of divinity in a very direct way. But the story doesn't end here, my dear ones, because three years later, when I was going through a heart awakening, I was going through a spontaneous heart awakening, and I was into everything devotional. I wanted to sing mantras. I wanted to pray in a very mystical way. I wanted to be in nature and feel my heart, right? Only looking backwards, I understand what was happening, but my heart chakra was awakening. And through that heart chakra awakening, I received another experience that totally shook my world and changed my life. And there was the most extraordinarily mystical experience of my life that happened on the most ordinary night. I was sitting and watching a sunset and my previous home where i used to live in laguna beach in a small little cottage I had the most beautiful view of the ocean and i would sit every night and be with the sunset and you know that you know that time where the sun goes down and you can still see a little bit of the light but it's mostly dark and something in me told me just sit and be just sit and feel this moment receive this moment and i was sitting and out of nowhere my perception of reality shifted it was like this multidimensional shift and i was flooded with what esoteric traditions call gnosis right it's spelled gnosis gnosis so it's sudden inflow of knowing deep mystical truth a revelation and i heard the voice that i have heard before in my visionary plant medicines and their voice said,
1: I quote, everything you see is a veil behind which is my face. Everything you see is a veil
0: behind which is my face. And suddenly all the years of mystical studies You know, studies of Hinduism, where they talk about about Layla, right, the, the play of consciousness, the divine theater, the, the, the divine movie that this physical reality is, and then all the teachings of Buddhism where they talk about Maya, the illusion of reality, right, and all these teachings that I've studied, they all came together in one moment of illumination that the physical reality is a veil it's a sort of like a scarf behind which divine mother playfully hides and through that revelation i could it's it's was felt like i was touched directly by grace and when you're touched by grace you are never the same and all the fear just left my system right? The fear, the fear, the fear, the worry, because how can you be afraid of the creatrix that birthed your soul into existence? So for several months after that experience, first, I couldn't find words to describe what I went through. It shook me to the core and I began to practice the teaching. Meaning when I would interact with somebody, I looked at the human in front of me but I was seeing through their eyes, Divine Mother taking form of this human. Right? I would uh, receive a, a turn of events in my life, and my old self would have been disappointed or worry or try to control the experience. But now there was this laughter in my heart, I'm like, "Oh, it's a Divine Mother is turning." circumstances because she is preparing an upgrade for me or a new lesson or a new adventure so that that experience began to inform how I engage with my reality really really profound experience I have found there is no mystical experience alike. There is no formula for awakening. There is no blueprint for mystical experiences. They're each so unique and individual to us. But what I have found, especially through conversation with my dear friend, Michael Bright, who is here, an elder um, that um, Divine Mother connected me with, right? He uh, had visions and voices and direct experiences of the goddess. And when I share this story with you, my dear ones, because we are in a very powerful time in humanity where it looks like we are going through a major crisis that can bring up a lot of fear in our human self. And so many of us yearn for a deeper mystical truth. Like, is there anybody who is overseeing this chaos? And we can remember that the goddess gave birth to the chaos. The goddess is in charge of the chaos. I'd like to share with you uh, a pair, uh, just a quote from one of my favorite mystics, Sri Aurobindo. He was uh, he's truly a legendary spiritual activist, a teacher, a writer. Uh, a legend, right? Um uh, I'm I don't know if he would want to be called a guru, but let's say Sri Aurobindo is a massive contribution. He has left a massive contribution. He was a devotee of the goddess. And uh, everybody who comes to, to my retreats, a lot of times they're live events. I give them this book called The Mother. If you take away anything from this webinar and if this is the book that I literally carry with me everywhere. I read it again and again and again. This is a masterpiece, right? So I'd like to share with you just one quote. Arubindo writes: To walk through life armored against all fear, peril, and disaster. Only two things I needed. Two that go always together. The grace of Divine Mother. Number one, the grace of divine mother and on your side an inner state
1: made up of faith, sincerity, and surrender. Let your faith be pure,
0: candid, and perfect. And then another quote, uh, he says, when he talks about the mother, the great mother, she is the mother to our wants. A friend in our difficulties, a persistent and tranquil counselor, and the mentor, chasing away with her radiant smile the clouds of gloom and depression, reminding always of the ever-present help, pointing to the eternal sunshine. Sri Aribinda talks about uh, three major levels that Divine Mother is engaging in her creation. I have a visual aid for you to share with you. So look at that. I collect amazing art, amazing art. Uh, So this is an artist from Australia that I have found. So this is a personal level of the goddess, right? This is a personal where you see the goddess is holding us in her womb, in her womb. And when our soul is connected to her Salt through the umbilical cord, right through umbilical cord. We're always supplied with everything we require for our earthly life, right? And that is a connection that is always present here. We're always in her womb. Three levels that the goddess um, can be. Oops, that was the that was my
1: that was my visual eight.
0: Just fell, one second, darlings. So the three levels of the goddess, the the huge one is transcendental, right? Transcendental, meaning imagine time and space that gave birth to galaxies. Imagine a being that birthed time and space, who is time and space. That's one level, transcendental, right? Uh, the next level is universal where she um, she forms planets out of her body. And what I love about this, darlings, because when we study quantum physics, and this is also a huge area of fascination for me, how mysticism meets science, how planets are formed is by space molding the planets out of itself. So, Planet Earth is the body of the goddess, absolutely, absolutely. So as Jupiter and Venus and Moon and all the planets in our galaxy are made up of her body. So we have transcendental, we have universal, we also have personal. The the exquisiteness of Divine Mother desiring A personal relationship with every single expression of her, be it a cat, a bird, a little insect, or a human. There is no hierarchy in the eyes of the goddess, right? It's an illusion of the human ego that we are the crown of creation. We are not a crown of creation, we are a part of creation. We're just as important to the goddess as a bird or as a plant. She is expressing herself through all of her expressions. Yes, as human beings, we have a capacity to imagine and to reason and to create our personal version of reality, right? So there is a benefits of being a human. (laughs) There's definitely a benefits, but we are not a crown of creation. And I feel like when we understand that, there is um, humility and there is gentleness that begins to bloom in our hearts because we begin to engage with our world in a much more reverent way, right, dear ones? Really, really powerful. So when I talk about um, the way that the goddess connects to you, from my deepest experience, I have found that connecting to the goddess is a leap of consciousness, all male roads lead to the female, said a renowned sage, Lao Tzu, right? In the Japanese tradition, one of the original goddesses, of, creator of reality, is the sun goddess. In the ancient traditions before Christianity, Islam, and Judaism became, um, became
1: uh,
0: mm, popular or accepted, as, uh, as authorities on spirituality, ancient traditions have all revered the feminine, right? As, as, a, as a birther of reality, as a birther of life. And when I contemplate on the topic of oneness, right? Oneness is the feminine essence. Oneness gives birth to duality. And also, for those of you who are passionate students of The Gene Keys by Richard Rudd, There is a transmission on Divine Mother is in Jinki 22, where he talks about great male avatars. What do Buddha, Christ, and Thoth, the Atlantean, have in common? They all brought the pathways to illumination, but they all came out of the goddess. So the goddess gives birth to the sacred masculine, gives birth to these male teachers, right, who came to us. And for the last several thousand of years, the world has paid the price for not having mm, empowered feminine archetypes represented with the honor and reverence they deserve, right? So we are paying the price because we have come back to the, to the planet where the feminine values have not been revered as they used to be in the past. And we can change that. And this is why we're having this webinar. This is why we're having this conversation because so many people are hearing the call of the goddess. They hear that call through their subconscious mind. They hear that call through the dreams. They hear that call through a desire to drink plant medicine and to access their soul truth. They feeling that call to be called to pilgrimages, whether it's Peru or India or Bali, they are wanting to reconnect with something that has been lost. And what that is lost, what is the prize, beloveds? The prize is we're disconnected from the body, right? We're disconnected from the body. And so many people are having a really hard time listening to the voice of their soul, to their intuition. When I was asking, you know, people who are registering To this webinar again, you know, we had like around 100 registrations. So a lot of people will watch this as a replay. But people were asking, telling me, you know, the reason why I'm drawn to this webinar is because I want to trust my intuition and how valuable it is to trust your intuition in everything you do. You know, I run my conscious business 100% on intuition that is backed up by reason and logic, right? but it's an ability to let the body lead the way. It's our ability to learn to trust the body. And um, when we are, you know, pursuing our business goals through uh, only, you know, this kind of a male-centered um, philosophy, you know, you know, how does that sound? Fake it until you make it, push through, Right. Uh, push the body, reach the goals, sleepless night, sleep three nights, three hours a night, right? All of those, all of those messages that basically tell you the body is your slave, use it, push it, right? Instead of the body is your beloved companion. The body is a sacred bridge between the physical and the non-physical. The body is the temple Whose temple? Well, it can be a temple of the goddess, right? How do we embody the goddess? Well, it starts with a new relationship with the body, because when we start honoring the body, truly honoring it, listening to it, taking it good care, you know, I often compare the body is like, a, like a, like a horse, right? This intuitive animal that is very sensitive to the thoughts that we have. The body hears every single conversation. When we beat ourselves up in our mind, the body is paying the price. Right, darlings? So, this is really, really powerful to me to truly embody the divine feminine is to choose to heal your relationship with your body. And then the next piece, of course, uh, a relationship without sexuality. Uh, so many people, again, wrote. In the, in the comments, Katarina, I'm curious about Kundalini awakening because that's something that comes when you awaken into the goddess or allow the goddess to awaken in you. It She's always been in our body. You know, you see in old uh, male-centered patriarchal, patriarchal religions, the God has always been outside of you, somewhere in the sky or somewhere transcendental experiences that you had to reach for. It's always outside of you. But in the goddess tradition, she has
1: always been inside of you. And where she is, she lays coiled up at the bottom of our spine. I just
0: get goosebumps when I begin to invoke Kundalini energy. She is laying there, sleeping, awaiting for our consciousness to realize oh, I need to prepare my temple for Kundalini awakening. She's not going to awaken in uh, unprepared temple so our temple our body needs to be prepared for kundalini awakening and this is why in the yogic tradition there has been years of preparation right now we have uh, the support of plant medicines again that can accelerate that process again is if it's done with deep reverence and wisdom right setting ceremonial setting and with masterful uh, skilled integration kundalini ah, i'll show you something this is one of their one of their one of the beautiful uh symbols of kundalini i love serpent energy i have it tattooed on my arm and uh you know when kundalini awakens in you the, the benefits of kundalini awakening, awakening, darlings, is genius level creativity, right? So if we truly, without kundalini awakening, we operate maybe 2% of our potential, our DNA is contracted and it's not awakened. But when kundalini awakens, this fire of spirit begins to open our chakras we access the huge potential of our divine self. That is really exciting for me. It's really exciting. Then, of course, uh, the sexual awakening or sexual renaissance. I have uh, a dear friend of mine who is going through her sexual renaissance, right? And that's activation of, uh, of the goddess Inanna or the goddess Li- or archetype Lilith, Right? where we begin to question all the societal taboos and norms around our sexuality, how we are told that we only can express our sexuality in this particular way, or that particular way, or this particular container, who created those rules and who are they being of service to? The easiest way to control people is to disconnect them from their sexual kundalini energy right? So when we begin working with the goddess, that comes online, right? Independently of gender, male or female, we begin to get curious that our sexual energy is our creative energy. And we begin to dive into that healing, right? Healing the sexual wounds, healing our understanding, uh, practicing sacred sexuality, practice really beginning to um, honor that. So a lot of times, uh, that's the process. I have, a, have my notes here, so to make sure that I'm staying on track. And um, oracular awakening. And what I mean by that, these abilities to um, to create with our speech come online. The prophetic, all these mystical energies begin to awaken in us if we are open and receptive to it. Clairvoyance right? Precognition, clairaudience, telepathy. What is happening? We're activating our abilities through the sacred feminine that lays at the bottom of our spine. Regeneration. When we work with the goddess, we work with her cycles. We begin to question the societal programming that wants us to be like slaves, right? That tells us you got to work nonstop just to survive, we begin to question that program, we begin to look at nature and say, oh, nature has cycles. There is a cycle of activity and there is a cycle of rest, there is a cycle of death, there is a cycle of rebirth. And what I found, darlings, uh, a lot of times you know when when my clients come to me and they are in the void, <laughs> that place, you know that place
1: where you, are being asked to lay still and to listen to your
0: soul like you've never done before and the path is not clear, you don't see your way forward, your life is covered with a thick, thick fog. If it's your very first void, it can be incredibly destabilizing and disorienting. And this is probably one of the reasons I want to name it because in that void, you meet you can meet the goddess. In the void, you can meet the goddess because finally in that void, you are humble and receptive to hear her voice, right? Our human ego gets in the way because when we are in our arrogance and God knows, goddess knows, every time I am in my arrogance or in my pride, the goddess
1: does not reveal herself to that energy. But when I'm humble. And simple and true and connected to my soul, she rushes towards me
0: and opens her path. What else I wanted to offer to you, dear ones? um, Joy of receiving, you know, joy of receiving uh, the way that Goddess provides. And it is such a beautiful, mysterious way. And it's consistent, she never repeats herself. You know, she has the most infinite ways to supply your life. And whenever you go through a process, especially if you are my fellow entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are my people because we are people who take risks. We create something out of nothing, right? It may only look easy on the outside, but to be an entrepreneur is to live on the edge to live on the edge and the dance with your brilliance and with your creativity and not wait for anybody to come and save you or to give you a handout, but to create your reality through the power of your creativity, the power of your vision. So this is a message for my fellow entrepreneurs. You know, we get where we are through the power of our giving, through the power of our service, through the power of our mm, contribution. And somewhere in that process, sometimes we forget how to receive. And we experience the imbalance. You know, it's almost like we forget to trust receiving. We only trust our action. We only trust our will. But that's the time where there is another opportunity to meet the goddess, where there is an invitation to surrender our personal will into her will. And what is her will? Her will is the will of the whole. I'll never forget how I had this powerful experience, another experience with the goddess. Right before the lockdown year 2020, I went to Bali to celebrate one of my best friend's birthday. It was her 40th birthday. And I don't know about you, but I receive some of the best transmissions up in the air, you know, 10,000 feet, there is less interference, and I hear like the voice of my soul. And I remember writing because at that time I was calling in a partner, another spiral of that. I was calling in the partner, and I was like, my mind imagined calling somebody older than me, somebody embodied, somebody stronger, leader than me, somebody who could lead me. Anybody recognize that collective story that you need somebody to lead you? Interesting philosophy. So I was in that space, you know? And uh, when I came to Bali, my best friend took me to ecstatic dance. That's another way how uh, the goddess... Uh, loves to talk to us when we dance. And I was dancing, my dear ones, and I went into the space of deep liberation where my mind let go, my mind got released, and I was in the body feeling the tropical sweat and the waves of the music and people dancing together. And, you know, you are in the sphere of joy. And in that moment, again, I got another revelation. Gnosis came. Well, gnosis, usually just spontaneous, arises in your body. And
1: I heard the voice again. And the voice said, I am your business partner. And I knew it was the business,
0: was the goddess, you know. And at that moment, I had a spontaneous, um, it was a sort of like a marriage process of an inner marriage between me and the goddess, and i remember coming back after that ecstatic dance and i saying to myself i let go of any thought forms that really rooted in my fear of my own power you know waiting for a man to lead me waiting for somebody you know to give me permission to really arise in my sovereignty that's another form of codependency so i like looking into the mirror of truth even when it's uncomfortable, and asking myself where I am shying away from my own power, because one of the goddess expressions
1: that I'd like to share with you, who to me is an embodiment of sovereignty. And what is sovereignty? What is sovereignty? Well, one of the ways that I describe sovereignty is um, a
0: unique blend of freedom and power, It's actually a balance of freedom and power. And again, it lays dormant in our DNA, and it's through the power of our choice we awaken and create from the place of sovereignty. I'd like to share with you an example,
1: uh, and it is Isis, the great goddess Isis, right? And this is
0: a metaphysical object. I have a lot of metaphysical objects That is a visual representation of the qualities of the being that I invoke.
1: To me, Isis is truly um, an embodiment of alchemy and magic and wisdom and the great mother
0: and sovereignty and resourcefulness. There is a myth about her and her beloved Osiris. And the way in ancient cultures, the way they would share their spiritual beliefs is through verbal storytelling, probably by the fire, right? They didn't have the webinars like we do, but probably by the fire, um, they were telling the stories about these divine beings such as Isis. And when you hear the story of Isis, I will share very briefly her story. But this is a story of not only great love between two equals, between Isis and Osiris, two equals, divine union. Nobody is leading anybody. Nobody is carrying anybody. They are leading together, serving the planet together in their
1: complementary union. But there was a story that uh, the brother of Osiris, Set, decides to put together a great banquet
0: in honor of his brother Osiris. And he says, brother, I want to honor you. I want to put this beautiful banquet. Let's gather all the friends, all our allies. And in ancient Egyptian, this was in ancient Egyptian times, and ancient, ancient Egyptians were fascinated by death. They, that was not a topic that is a taboo like in the West, right? They were preparing for death since early age because they knew this physical life is just a short version of the full story. They, were, they knew they had to prepare for the immortality, how to face death, how to go through the portal of death. So they were fascinated by death. And one of the best gifts you could receive in ancient Egypt, Egyptian time is actually a coffin. Imagine that. A birthday gift, you get a coffin. So uh, Seth says, "Uh, brother, I have created this golden coffin for you, custom made for you. It's a masterpiece. Only the gods and the greatest rulers of our land receive golden coffins. So Osiris in his innocence, in his gratitude, he's like, oh, brother, thank you for this gift. Let me try this, right? Right. So he goes into the coffin and lays in the coffin to try it out. And this is the moment where the story turns sour. Because Set begins to uh, nail the coffin and not only nail, pure the liquid gold. So there is no way to get out. And then he says, take this coffin to his servants and put it down to the river Nile. So what a powerful point of the story. And this point of the story really covers subconscious wound of betrayal. Betrayal by somebody who is your family, who is your blood. And the goddess Isis, to me, she's such an embodiment, right? She, when she has heard what happened With her beloved, with her equal, her husband Osiris, she began to veil, right? She began to cry and veil. She did not hold
1: her emotions. She went into grief. But she didn't stay there. She didn't just collapse into grief
0: and not take the next step forward. No, this goddess began to call her allies. And she began to call to all the beings who are on her side to help her find the body of her beloved. So she became resourceful. She veiled, went into her emotion, into her grief. She processed that emotion, and then she went straight into action. What a great example. What a great example. And uh, the story goes, you know, she found the, she found the body. And then the story goes, it's a very elaborative myth, uh, how the, uh, the Seth, the brother who betrayed them, cut the body of Osiris in 13 pieces. And Isis was being invited to deal with that next situation of complexity and to become even more resourceful. But ultimately, her love conquered all. When I read these myths, every myth is us.
1: Every part of the myth is our, our story. Well, just having a little hiccups. Having a little hiccups, darlings. But every part of the myth is, is given to us
0: as a, as a blueprint for what we may encounter on our incarnational journey, right? So what I love about that myth is is her resourcefulness, her resourcefulness, her willingness to ask her allies for help, her willingness to feel her grief and to veil and to scream and to process her pain, but not stop there. Go and seek the solution and demand the solution. Until she received it and created it. And she was the active part of her solution. You know, she wasn't calling for allies and just sitting back, waiting to be rescued. That's not what a sovereign queen does. Sovereign queens works with what she got at a present circumstances. And she's creative and she's resourceful and she never complains. Right? Right? So it's really powerful when we begin to invoke energies of Isis, this is not a genie in a bottle that is here to meet our demands. This is a great being whom we approach with reverence and humility. And then she opens up to us, right? And then she begins to guide us into her mystery, into her alchemy, into her process of transformation, into her sexual magic and her rights, right, beloveds? And then, so why I wanted to tell you that story, because we all have subconscious mind. And these imprints, the imprint of betrayal, the imprint of uh, fear of loss, or the fear of gain, right? Or the fear of power, or the fear to being overwhelmed by the obstacles or challenges or initiations, those imprints and fears live in subconscious mind, and that is really important to undress and clear. Super important because otherwise, you know, the, the reason, the number one reason, the main reason why we avoid stepping in into our power is because, why, beloveds? Because we fear that we'll lose something, we're either gonna lose love and belonging and be overcome by envy and jealousy and betrayal of others, right? Or maybe we, we fear we're going to lose our time or we're going to lose our freedom, right? So the fear of loss is a major obstacle to us living truly liberated, the sovereign lives. So each goddess that I, um, you know, I desire to share with you has a story, has a myth, has a particular teaching for us, like goddesses' sovereignty, alchemy, magic, manifestation, sexual rights, sovereignty codes. I said sovereignty codes, right? And we have Kali. Of course I want to bring you Kali. I know I only have a few minutes left with you, but Kali feels frightening to those people who don't understand her, who don't know her. You know, she's often uh, represented in this kind of a scary, raffle expression, holding skulls. But what is she holding? She's holding egos that she liberated. She's holding egos of the great masters who she helped liberate their consciousness to me, I love God. I love working with Goddess Kali. She is very practical goddess. <laughs> to me, my experience is very practical goddess. You know, when I go to Peru uh, with 18, 19 people coming with me to a major experience, for a year, I chant to Kali. Why? Because she gifts supreme protection to her devotees. She will demand truth. You know, if we invoke Kali, got to be willing to look at the truth, truth of our own illusions, delusions, our own lies, right? But if you're willing to do that, she will liberate your consciousness like nobody's business, and she will help you soar above time, space, and the reality. She is a goddess of time, right? She's a goddess of time. She teaches you how to be in the present moment, where the present moment gives you all the, the support and guidance and joy and adventure and experiences, right? So she helps liberate our consciousness for being tied into the past or into the future, but to be here right now. So that's why I love Goddess Kali. And what, what, kind of, uh, what can she help us clear? Well, when I contemplate on that, I feel Kali can really assist us in clearing fear of aging. Again, major taboo in our culture, death and aging, right? We don't want to talk about it, but we're all going to go through it. We're all going to go through it. So when you work with with Kali, she can help you clear that fear of time, either time running out or not having enough time or fear of aging, all of that, right? What else she, she can help us? Uh, fear of truth, right? Fear of loss, all of these. So I wanted to bring you um, to bring you Kali and Isis, very strong goddesses, right? Super strong, but they can be a powerful allies. Now, when I talk about divine feminine awakening,
1: In all of us, meaning there is a new current of life force that wants to break through
0: from within our body, within our consciousness. And we crave it. We yearn to connect to her, right? We crave her when we say, I want to feel alive. I'm tired of fearing the unknown. I'm tired of worrying about change. I want to be free. I want to live in ecstatic remembrance of who I am because the the beautiful experience of opening your
1: consciousness to the goddess is you're going to reclaim your innocence. You're going to reclaim your innocence as somebody who is born whole and complete,
0: born. As, an, as a soul who is here for the joy, who is here for the celebration of this reality, and then you begin to discover a new kind of way of living. It's an ecstatic path, the path of ecstasy. And no, it doesn't mean that you're always on the high, 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 high point of your vibration. It means that you have a lucid awareness of your reality. You can be with grief, and hold the pain, and suffering, and challenges of being in the human body and the time of great change, and you can at the same time feel profound joy of remembering yourself as immortal
1: divine soul, who will never die. But cannot die, so that you begin to dance between that, and that is a really really powerful experience. So, um. Ah, oh, Lao Tzu. A quote by Lao Tzu.
0: If you want to awaken all humanity, then awaken
1: all of yourself. If you want to illuminate, eliminate the suffering in the world, then eliminate all that is dark and negative in yourself. Truly, the greatest gift you have to give is that of your own self-transformation. When more and more people begin to clear
0: their subconscious mind from all these imprints and all these
1: fears and truly begin to open their hearts to the voice of nature, to the voice of, of the goddess, we transform the world Through our own individual awakening,
0: because through individual awakening, we begin to receive individual instructions from the goddess, right? Not a single person here on the call in the world has the same task. I have my task, you have your task, but we each can remember that we are on the same team team spirit, team goddess awakening, team divine feminine, right? And when I say the goddess can elevate everything in your life, including your business,
1: she begins to nourish you. She begins to teach you how to create
0: your business in a sustainable way, how to uh, bring an impact in your community, how to Um, tap into a deep level of trust when you're going to go through initiation maybe your body collapses maybe you are going through a health crisis none of us are immune in that do you have a connection to a great spirit in the times of those personal initiations because if you do you're going to move them
1: move through them very differently if somebody who only relies on their mind isn't it so isn't it so? So the practical ways to connect with the
0: goddess, first is intention, right? Truly opening our heart to her. To start with intention, goddess, I want to know your essence. I want to know you and your wildness and your truth and your mystery. I'm not afraid to be in
1: communion with her. And the second, of course, is ritual. You know, you go to countries like Bali or Peru
0: or India. And the one thing that you notice that is very similar between those countries is how much of a ritual people practice. And a ritual is a language. Ritual is the way we communicate between this visible world and invisible world. Ritual grounds us. Ritual elevates us ritual connects us. I have 10 more minutes. (laughs) I promise to to be complete in 2.15. On this note, beloveds, as you can see, there is many, many, many layers to this transformative work. I have a curriculum called Goddess Awakening. It's a mystical immersion that covers all the archeological discoveries in the last uh, 70 years. That you can go through. And I actually just received inspiration from the goddess to teach about her again, but in a completely new way. Completely new way. So I don't have anything to offer you right now. So hold your credit cards. Nothing to nothing to buy here. But I wanted to plant the seed that in about a week and a half, I'm gonna open, I'm gonna open up um, a very unique experience where I will bring mystical activations and clearings, specifically goddess clearings that can remove the subconscious imprints, whether it's fear of loss, fear of gain, fear of betrayal, fear of your own power, fear of your own beauty, fear of death, of aging, right? And it got, you know, it came through so strong as an inspiration to bring my training in subconscious mind modalities And to bring my training, my priestess training together onto one experience. So this will be really, really powerful. It's called Goddess Awakening Clearings and Activations, where I will bring a specific ritual with each goddess. You will receive a myth and a story about each goddess to have a relationship with each one. And then we're going to take you into the inner journey into your subconscious mind through a process of gentle hypnosis and healing. And we're going to be working with the codes of awe. Some of you know codes of awe that my ally, Yvonne de la Fleur, channels. She, channels. Um, she, I quote her, she said that I am one of the very few people that she uh, truly endorses my work, my frequency work. And it's really, really powerful. It's a sort of, you know, parallel life, past life regression into some of your incarnations where an imprint is not cleared, everything happens at the same time, right? So we are connected to all our parallel incarnations. So if there is something is not clear in the past life, it creates creates a vibration, right? Like a feedback, like an echo, and how we experience repeating the same karmic, Loops, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whether it is our power, our expression, right? So that's what I feel ignited to offer. And uh, I'm finishing the page. And once it's finished, probably later on today or tomorrow, I will send an invitation to you. And those of people who are going to watch this as a replay, uh, you will see the link to the page when it's ready underneath this video. So that is my invitation. Um, beloved, it's, it's such a passion for me to bring the teachings of the goddess, you know, the deeper I go into embodiment myself, the deeper of a channeling I can bring. And it's an ongoing relationship. And I'd like to play you uh, one audio. If you need to go, I understand. But if you stay and receive this audio, uh, you will be filled with next level and visceral understanding of what I say when I say I am a devotee of the goddess, right? So if you'd like to receive this audio, is very moving, very, very powerful. And it's called the Hymn to Inanna. Inanna is one of the goddesses that I invoked last year at my Peruvian retreat. Whoa, wow. Wow, what an energy, To me, Inanna Inanna is the goddess of um, embodied power and feminine initiation. You know, she's the goddess to know and to learn about her. If you are walking the path of the priestess or walking the path of being of service to the goddess, you're walking the path of initiation, Right. She is a great ally, and every goddess is not, every expression of the goddess is not just an archetype. I I really feel it's important to address that. It's not just an archetype. It's a real entity of immense power. And when we approach these beings with humility and reverence, they take an interest in us. Right? And they begin to communicate with us and create their miracles through us. So I will uh, share with you. Yes, Alora. Yeah, goddess of love, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll share with you, darlings. Uh, for those of you who are able to stay, it's worth it. It's so beautiful.
1: Um, advanced computer audio. Okay. It is called um, a hymn to Hin-
0: Inanna.
2: Let it be known. I worship. The goddess. The one with tangled hair where insects nest. The one with blood-soaked thighs. The one who crushes my concepts with her razor teeth and spits my mind into the wind. She shakes her belly to the beat of primordial passion and feasts on the meat of ignorance. She wanders in the garden with a basket woven with the chaos of stars. She is naked and savoring every petal and thorn. She churns the wheel of time and casts the seeds of manifestation without rhyme or reason. She is senseless and crazy, innocent and free. Her skin is the color of heartbreak and her eyes the sound of laughter. She takes no prisoner. She cannot be contained or rationalized. She won't conform to my ideas of what reality is or how things should be. Just when I think I have her under control, she takes me down, 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 down. She will not be dominated. She always wins. She stomps to the beat and throws her hips. She is the prowl of the panther. the leaping deer of supreme delight. Her hair smells of tobacco and pine. She carries a knife in her pocket and holds a lily in her hand. She is pure in heart. She is the darkness of thunder. She is the undercover agent of divine madness. Whose ruthlessness is the compassion that severs my arrogance and undoes my separation. So that I may know her deeply and drink in the wild radiance of her holy mass. With all that I am, I submit to her. With all that I am, I prostrate before her insane beauty. She demands the death of all my control. When I am humble and true, she comes to me. Dance, she says, why aren't you dancing? I surrender all reason, she will not be tamed. My submission is my devotion. I have tried to control her in 10,000 ways. Tried to seduce her into my happiness. Yet she is the grace that smashes all hope and opens up the blessed wound of living. When I'm exhausted and weary, she brings me to my knees. Her muddy feet are the altar of worship. The palace of freedom where joy is born. I love her. This feral beast woman Spinning chaos and tenderness with her fingertips Whose tongue speaks no meaning Whose laughter is the rose of shameless beauty Whose smile is the sword that slays all striving To the one who can never be possessed or contained, I submit. To the one who is drenched in the nectar of love. To the one who demands nothing less. To the goddess of reality, I dance with her because there is nothing left to do. I dance with her because there is nothing left to do.
1: wow, I have heard that track at least 25 times by now, it moves me to tears every single time, because when you hear truth, it pierces your soul, right? Truth speaks for itself. Truth does not need to be defended. You know, truth is apparent.
0: She is here, Daria. She is here. Uh, So, beloved, it's the
1: goddesses that I am bringing, channeling. Goddess Isis. Goddess Lakshmi. Goddess Kali. Goddess Inanna. And Lilith, the one who has been pushed out of history and replaced by submissive Eve, who was made through, from the rib of Adam to be his helper. Right? So it's time to reclaim Lilith within us, liberated, erotic, sensual, primal being. And to learn through these feminine goddesses, uh, Lakshmi, enlightenment, and prosperity, you can have them both. There is no need. There is
0: no uh, golden stars for a life of poverty. It's a different paradigm. The more resources we're able to generate,
1: the more good we can do with the world. Uh, Goddess Anana, well, initiation rites. Um, Goddess Kali, I mentioned her, and
0: Isis. Beloveds, I... I'm deeply grateful to be here with you. And um, if you'd like to explore coming to Peru next year, I hold a vision, I hold a prayer to come back twice. We have the dates for end of April and end of September. If you feel called to um, explore one-on-one support, reach out to me. I have some unique opportunities now. And I hope I can serve some of you in the Goddess Awakening clearings and activations in a week and a half. You'll see me share about it. I'm very consistent on all my social media channels. And please let me know in the comments or email what you took away from today and what felt like truth for you, what felt like remembrance. What felt like a call, you know, because she is calling us to be her messengers in our own unique
1: way, and how beautiful it is that we uh, we don't we don't need to do
0: the same job, right? We we each have a unique task. Oh, I almost forgot that I also lead a mystical community called wisdom collective and some of my members are here truly it's truly becoming like a sort of a satsang you know like a like a recalibration station where i yeah patty says wisdom collective is amazing yeah join us join us it is something the most accessible i offer like 88 per month Uh, My private mentorship fees do start at six figures. So not everybody is in the place to uh, invest in that. But I love creating opportunities for people to engage with my work at a very big range. So Wisdom Collective is an invitation. You know, I opened it very gently before I went to Peru. I don't think I really made a proper introduction of that community. So I'm gonna do that in the next few weeks to really properly introduce that gem. So I'll post the links in um, the comments, not the comments, I'll post the links in, uh, in the follow-up email. If you have questions, uh, I have a few minutes while I'm gonna post some links.
1: The okay. some collective. What I have for you now, darlings, host and
0: panelist, everyone, I'll send you a link in the chat. This is Wisdom Collective. That is ready. And then the goddess activations will be ready, hopefully, later on today or this weekend. One qualities that I've learned from the goddess is spaciousness, you know, really spaciousness and uh, honoring that feminine energy and receptivity and, and joy so i see your comments thank you so much she is here and um, i appreciate you all yes you're very welcome roxy says thank you for sharing your wisdom downloads of the goddesses thank you very much it was amazing yeah totally dia it's a wisdom collective. uh, it's under resources i'll share it with you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: be happy to all right dear ones be blessed thank you thank you thank you and i will see you soon uh (laughs) probably like in uh in the next week or so i go more and more galactic so i feel like goddesses energies are very grounding for me very grounding but then we're gonna go more galactic too Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. May the goddess be with you.
1: Blessings.